the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Every visit, the doctor's going to take those vital signs. And the reason the doctor checks your vital signs is because your vital signs provide the doctor with information about your general health. Right? You agree with that? Well, in the same way... A healthy church, if you were to take the vital signs of a healthy church or a healthy believer, one of the vital signs you should look for is love. Is there love? Would you consider yourself to be spiritually healthy? Today, Pastor Dan will be explaining to you how the only real gauge to see if you're a healthy, thriving Christian is if you love God and love others. Jesus said, by this, they will know you are my disciples, by the love you have for one another. If you're lacking love towards other believers, and you have continual strife, the Bible says you're an unhealthy Christian. The question can further be asked, are you even a Christian at all? And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 4, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. First John, of course, is love. He's got a lot to say about love. Uh, John has talked to us about God's love for us. He's talked to us about our love for one another. And in the middle of talking about love, John says in verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. And at first reading, verse 12 seems a little out of place. You know, here he is. He's talking about love. And then he says, no one has seen God at any time. And you read that and you think, wait a minute, what does that have to do with love? Well, John goes on to say, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. John John says, when we love one another, and here he's talking about the the love that God had for us. He's talking about this divine love that is implanted in us by the Holy Spirit. It's a self-sacrificing love, the same, the same self-sacrificing that Jesus had for us when he died for us on the cross. And, and John tells us here in verse 12 that, that that love that we have for one another, that that is evidence to us that God abides with us. You see that there? It's evidence to us that God abides to us, with us. Uh, you know, when you, when you go to the doctor... No matter what you go to the doctor for, he's gonna, he, he or she's going to uh, uh, take your vital signs, right? You can go to the doctor for any reason at all. You can go to get stitches in your hand, and the doctor is going to take your pulse. They're going to take your blood pressure. They're going to take your temperature. 
Uh, they may weigh yourself. No matter what the reason is that you're there, every visit, the doctor is going to take those vital signs. And the reason the doctor checks your vital signs is because your vital signs provide the doctor with information about your general health. Right? You agree with that? Well, in the same way, a healthy church, if you were to take the vital signs of a healthy church or a healthy believer, one of the vital signs you should look for is love. Is there love? Does that person or does that church have love for one another? And and, and that's a sign of a healthy Christian. That's a sign of a healthy church when when there's love. That's a sign that God is abiding in that person's life, or God is abiding in the midst of that, that congregation. Love assures us that God's abiding with us and we're abiding with God. Secondly, when we love one another, and this is what he's getting at here in verse 12, when we love one another, we manifest the love of God to the world. We manifest the love of God to the world. John said, no one has seen God at any time. And the Bible says that, that God is invisible. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, he's the invisible God. John chapter 4 says that God is spirit. And when Jesus was on the earth, he came to the earth to reveal God to us. He was God incarnate, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And he came to reveal God to us because God, you can't see God. He's invisible. And so what did God do? He became a man like us to show himself to us. In fact, if you turn with me over to John chapter 1, John chapter 1, here in John's gospel, he makes a very similar statement to uh, verse 12 uh, in, in 1 John 4. But here in John chapter 1, verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, that's Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him, or He has revealed Him to us. This is why Jesus came. He came to reveal the Father to us. That's why Jesus could say, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. Because He came to reveal the Father to us. He showed us uh, the Father. And so if you want to know what what God is like, you look at Jesus. You read the Gospels. That shows you what, what the Father is like. But... Jesus isn't on the earth anymore. He's not dwelling upon the earth as he was in the New Testament times, as he was in the Gospels. He's not here on the earth revealing God in that same way to us. He's in heaven. So how does God reveal himself to the world now, today? Through the church. Through believers like you and me. God is revealing himself to the world through us, through the believers, through the church, through His bride. God abides in us, and He is now manifested to the world through us. One commentary I read said that we make the invisible God visible to the world by our love for one another. Jesus Himself even said, people will know that you're my disciples by your love. For one another. That's the thing that they notice about us, the love of God working in us and through us, through us. You know, Jesus said also, I, as, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But he also told his disciples, he said to them, you are the light of the world. 
As long as Jesus was in the world, he was the light of the world, but he's no longer in the world. He's seated at the right hand of God in heaven. And so now, we, the believers, the church, we are the light of the world. And in, in the Greek there, it's, it's emphatic, meaning you're the only light of the world. There's not another light. This is the only light that God has left in this world. And so, going back to 1 John chapter 4, he tells us now that no one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. God abides in us, and so as we go out into the world, you know, we, we, um, we bring God and we bring the presence of God with us everywhere we go. I think, I think that's something that uh, is a good reminder for you today. That you as a believer, because God is abiding with you and you're abiding with Him, everywhere you go, you bring the presence of God with you. Uh, when you go to work tomorrow or you go to school tomorrow, you're going to bring the presence of God with you into every situation that you're in. You bring the presence of God with you wherever, wherever you may go because God abides with you. You know, it says in, in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, verse 16, there it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You're the temple of God. The Holy Spirit now dwells in you if you're a believer. And so everywhere you go now, you're bringing the presence of God with you into any situation, any circumstance, just by the fact that you're there, you've, you've brought the presence of God into those circumstances. You know, in the Old Covenant, uh, there was a temple in Jerusalem and the presence of God dwelt in that temple. And if you wanted to go to the presence of God, you had to travel to Jerusalem, you had to go to the temple, that's where the presence of God dwelt. In the New Covenant now, God puts His Holy Spirit into believers and then He sends believers out into all of the world. And so now the presence of God goes throughout all of the world. Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. That was a lame amen. Come on. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Right. You take the presence of God with you everywhere. I think that's pretty cool. We reveal the love of God to the world. He says, no one has seen God at, at, at any time. But they've seen you. They've seen me. They see us. And they see our lives and they see how we live. And they see how we love one another and how we care for each other. And they see... Uh, how we treat others. They see how we handle trials. They see how we handle disappointments. They see how we handle the challenges we face. And they see the love of God in us and through us. And we don't do it perfectly every time. But they see the love of God in us. Verse 13 says, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of his Spirit. We know that we abide in God, and God abides in us because of the Holy Spirit. Every believer in Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in him. And I want to show you what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer. So turn with me over to Galatians chapter 5, to the left in your Bible. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And, and remember in 1 John we saw at the end of our passage today that we're commanded by God to love one another. 
It's not optional. It's non-negotiable. It's a command to love. But loving people isn't, isn't always easy to do, is it? Sometimes people are hard to love. Uh, sometimes people wrong us. Uh, sometimes people burn us. Uh, sometimes people take advantage of us or, or hurt us. Uh, and in our flesh, we want to lash out at them. Or we want to get back at them. Or we want to get even with them. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes in my flesh, uh, when somebody does me wrong, my first thought is not, what would Jesus do? <laughs> right? My first thought is, what would Jason Bourne do? Right? <laughs> Or, or what would Jimmy Superfly Snuka do to this guy? Remember Jimmy Superfly Snuka? Anybody remember him? The wrestler from the 1980s, right? He'd get up on that top rope, and he'd do that Superfly splash right on top of the guy. Google it. You'll see all kinds of videos of it. Sometimes in my flesh, I, I want to do just a Superfly splash on the person. Right? That's what my flesh wants. That's why we need the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Look what he says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then, look at, look at this promise. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not, it's definite, fulfill the lust of the flesh. What a promise here. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel we have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Uh, you can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. He says, if we walk in the Spirit, that means we yield to the Holy Spirit that dwells in us as believers, we obey the Holy Spirit, we crucify the flesh, and if we do that, the promise is we will not obey our flesh. Now, the non-believer, the non-Christian, they don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, governing their behavior. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them, prompting them not to go superfly on them. They've just got their flesh. That's the only operating system they've got. But we've got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will, will govern our flesh if we walk in the Spirit and yield to the Spirit and obey the Holy Spirit. Look down in uh, verse 22. In verse 22, it tells us the fruit of the Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit produces in your life as you walk in the Spirit, just naturally. You don't have to produce this on your own. You don't have to make this happen in your own strength. Just as I'm abiding in Christ uh, and walking in the Spirit, this is just the natural outcome in my life. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's that supernatural love, that self-sacrificing love. And joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. Where I can control myself. Can control my anger. Can control my flesh. So this is what the Holy Spirit produces in a believer's life. Love. Love, love for someone when it's hard to love them. Now, I, just, I do want to say, because I don't want to get you twisted up in knots. There's a difference between loving someone and trusting someone. The Bible calls us to love someone, love everyone, but it doesn't mean you have to trust someone. You can set boundaries in a relationship and still love that person. But the Holy Spirit will give us supernatural love in a difficult situation with a difficult person who's hard to love. The Holy Spirit will give us joy in our trials, peace when we should be freaking out, patience with people, kindness to people that are harsh with us, that don't deserve kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, right? What does the Bible say? A gentle answer turns away wrath. And how often do we, someone does something against us and, and we respond with our flesh and, and it just creates, you know, greater tension and greater wrath, right? And they come back with wrath and we go back with wrath and the thing just, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire and it just amps the whole thing up. But to be yielded to the Holy Spirit now where we answer with a gentle answer and that gentle answer turns away their wrath. And then self-control where I'm able to to, to govern my flesh, govern my response, to have a control on my emotions, not lash out in anger. This is what the Holy Spirit does in a believer's life. Now go back to 1 John chapter 4. And John reminds us in, in chapter 4 that, that we know that we're abiding in God and God is abiding in us because we have been given of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is, is governing our flesh I'm not responding in my flesh. I'm not responding in anger. I'm not lashing out. I have love. I have self-control. I have joy. I have peace. I have patience and so on. And that's the result of the Holy Spirit in me. And having that and seeing that difference in myself is evidence to me that I'm abiding in God. And God's abiding in me. Because I see the Holy Spirit ministering and working in my life. Verse 14, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he and God. A person who is abiding in God, and God is abiding in him, he will testify that Jesus is the Savior of the world and the Son of God. Uh, the reason that the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world was to be the Savior of the world. That's what verse 14 tells us. He came to be the Savior of the world. Um, we need a Savior. You know that? We, we, we need it to be rescued. <laughs> I, I would say, most of all, we need it to be rescued from ourselves. I, I know when I came to Christ, I, I didn't really... Uh, I didn't really understand the theology of the gospel or that he was a propitiation for my sins or all. I didn't, you know, I needed someone to rescue me from me. And that's what Jesus did. He came to be a rescuer, to save us, to be a savior. 
He, he rescues us from ourselves, but he also rescues us from sin. He rescues us from judgment. He rescues us from death. He's our Savior, our Rescuer. You know, in John chapter 3, uh, verses that you're familiar with, very famous verses, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world, to be a Savior. I think quite often people uh, who don't know the Lord, they, they, they view God uh, as, as this judge. They view Jesus as someone who's judgmental and condemning. That's not why He came. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us, to rescue us, to be our, our Savior. He's the Savior God has sent into the world to save mankind and is the only Savior. He's the only way of salvation. There is salvation in no one else but Jesus Christ. Again, in verse 15, he says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And I like in verse 15 that it says, Whoever confesses. That word whoever means whoever. <laughs> you know, that includes everybody, all of us. Whoever, whoever. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. The word confess there, in the Bible, the word confess means to agree with. There's someone who is abiding in God and indwelt by the Holy Spirit will agree that Jesus is the Son of God, meaning that he's divine, that he's God. They'll agree that He is the Son of God. They'll agree that He's the Savior. They'll agree that He died on the cross to save us, to rescue us. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in Him. Verse 16 is such such an important verse. He says, and we have known and believed the love that God has sent for us. He describes the love of God back up in verses 9 and 10. We read those verses during communion. Verse 9, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him, have eternal life. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, to satisfy the judgment, satisfy the wrath of God against us for our sins. He paid the price. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you, too. 
And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth. I recognize the